Welcome to the IPv6 Buzz podcast, where we dare to dive into the 128-bit address space wormhole. Quick reminder, there's sponsorship opportunities available for IPv6 Buzz and all the other Packet Pusher podcast shows. So if you're interested, just go to packetpushers.net slash sponsorship. You can get all the details. If you got something cool working with V6, we definitely want to hear about it. <laughs> so come and hit us up. I'm Ed Horley with my co-host, Tom Coffin and Scott Hogue. And today we're going to be talking about, hey, hiring and IPv6 skills and like where all that fits in and like, are you doing the right things? So let's jump in and sort of talk about it because this is something we've noticed over time. We've been involved with V6 for a long time. Imagine that. <laughs> and we've seen a lot of, uh, of sort of V6 um, sort of, I guess, like job requirement postings, right? Like where it's listed in as, as one of the things. Although it's funny, I, I don't think I see very many job postings that say IPv4, like calling out IPv4. They just usually just refer to it as networking. But um, so, but uh, IPv6 skills are, are starting to creep in more and more in, in terms of what we're seeing out there. So I don't know what's what's our thoughts. What's what's our thoughts about IPv6 skill set requirements and job postings? Do we think like folks are doing that right and looking for the right people, or do we feel like it's yeah? Little, I noticed this. I noticed this a while ago. I was just on LinkedIn and I just searched for IPv6, intending to look for posts related to IPv6, but then it brings up people and also jobs and i was like huh i'm curious what job what people are trying to hire for ipv6 and then i clicked on jobs and there's thousands and then i looked on some other you know job boards and that list jobs and i searched ipv6 and i'm like man there's thousands of jobs that don't have ipv6 in the title you know they're hiring a right. network engineer a system administrator a cloud devops person and they list IPv6 in the requirements, along with lots of other acronyms and buzzwords and things like that. It's just listed in there as a requirement. And I started to think to myself, well, are companies really interested in hiring IPv6 skills? How how high up is IPv6 on that the list of criteria? Would mm -hmm. they even ask an IPv6 question of the candidate in the interview? Right. Yeah. I think, and I think that's it's, it varies probably across the spectrum of like what sort of job are you looking for? If you're looking for a job as a network engineer in a service provider role, probably it's probably higher up the, the ladder mm -hmm. than maybe an enterprise role or, or someone who's working maybe even in a, in a super special narrow area of, of sort of the technology realm, right? Mm -hmm. So there, there might be different levels of, of criteria around it. But I do think there's, there's uh, my, my guess is, and as someone who, for, you know, formerly was a VP at a, at a VAR and hiring lots of engineers. I think the V6 skill questions are, are, are probably not even on the list, right? I would, is, is my guess. They're probably not, even though it says it on the requirement basis, I, I'm, my guess is they're probably not asking them specifically. So V6, uh, you know, do you know this? Do you know that? Well, um, and you have to wonder, are they, are they trying to hire to make the problem go away? Because there may be a vague awareness of V6 is something that they think that they should be paying attention to. And, mm -hmm. uh, and there's a, a sort of quasi desperate attempt to, uh, to find the right resource who will have enough, uh, domain knowledge to be able to allow them to safely ignore IPv6 for the next two, five, 10 years, whatever it might be. I give them props for putting IPv6 on the list even. <laughs> right. <laughs> but yeah, they may be someone recognizes, hey, this is something we should be paying attention to. We know we need to get these skill, this skill into our staff somehow, either hiring, you know, from outside or developing our existing staff to have that understanding. 
so that they can just do IPv6 going forward at some point magically. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, but I wonder if this is this falls in the same like HR trap of like we have to put buzzword bingo on on it in order to attract the right sort of candidates and they still got like requirements for like frame relay and ATM or something like that on the <laughs> list. It was just yeah, it's just something that's a vestigial thing that was left over in in someone's word salad that they mm -hmm. that they put on there, which seems to be like a very common thing for a lot of job postings because the HR team doesn't, I mean, they, they, they don't really know. I mean, if, if someone, you know, from the, from the technical side is actually writing the requirements listing, they'll probably eliminate a bunch of those things. But the reality is, is for many people, they have no idea what skill sets are actually required to perform the job yeah. that they're hiring for. Right. They have no so, idea that dedicated individuals such as ourselves have devoted our entire professional lives to solving <laughs> this problem. It's just a, it's just an acronym to them. They have no clue. <laughs> um, yeah, they're like, quick, we need to hire a network engineer. Just copy a job description off yeah. the internet and just <laughs> put it out there. Well, well, and I was thinking that, yeah, if not a job description, you know, copied off the internet, then uh, then like a, a study guide for a particular network certification, <laughs> you know, IPv6 is yeah. listed, you know, it's like, okay, yep. well, that's it. And as, you know, Ed says, some older technologies that might creep in there if somebody's not paying attention. Right. You know, it's, you know, I, I think this this becomes one of those things where you can definitely tell probably from a certain set of, of position postings where like this person is serious about IPv6 in terms of like what they're looking for. Um, there's a certain set of parameters around what skill sets you might look for. And certainly within the first conversation that you would have with them in terms of, of screening, I think you could probably figure that out pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, well, the first, thing, first thing you would tell them is that you're a regular listener to IPv6 buzz. You've listened to all 125 plus episodes and you're, you're ready to tackle any IPv6 challenge that they, they can throw at you. <laughs> they may ask well, what happened to IPv5. <laughs> the, interviewer, the interviewer may not be qualified to ask any V6 questions of the candidate. Yes, exactly. Uh, yeah, I think that's I think that's a big deal. It's like if you don't know enough V6 to ask good V6 skill questions because you're not skilled up yourself, it's very hard to interview someone to determine whether they know any V6 or not, right? Mm -hmm. So it's, it becomes that, that difficult situation of like, Hey, is this person really qualified or is it just, they happen to recognize IPv6 and they know enough of it to be able to, you know, get their way through a, any sort of a job interview or, um, uh, that might happen. Uh, although to Tom's point earlier around certification skills tracks, I mean, there are, you know, I mean, certainly Cisco's track has had a portion of V6 on it for a long time. I don't want to say it's, you know, exhaustive or anything, but it has had, V6 in, the, in, in, in some sort of, you know, requirement basis for the certifications for a long time. Absolutely. And it's funny you mentioned that. I mean, like my first foray into actually having, being responsible for V6, uh, you know, the, at, the, uh, at the job level, you know, back in the mid 2000s, uh, the, at drawing the V6 short straw, you know, among the network engineers and being like, here, take a look at this V6 issue and see if there's anything there. And it, and it actually was like some studying that I had done for, surf, for Cisco certification that, you know, I had enough V6 knowledge based on that, that I felt, okay, I've got, you know, I'm not starting from zero. There's, there's enough awareness of what the address is and sort of how the routing works and, you know, some of the key differences that, that there was some level of confidence. So that's not entirely a, you know, a, a bad thing or dismissive thing to say that it's merely a, a line on, on a, a V6 configuration or, a, or rather a V6 requirement for certification. Well, I don't know. I mean, Scott, how do we close the skill gap? I mean, because you have a choice, right, that you mentioned earlier, which is you either hire or you train, right? Yeah. <laughs> and that's, that's your two options. 
I, is what's what sort of strategy goes on in your mind around each one of those? Because I, I imagine the higher, given what we know of of the industry today and where folks are out on the V six skills side, I would say hiring it's got to be pretty tough to and and probably relatively expensive to be able to get someone with the right resources with enough years of experience with V six given the current market. But that's just yeah. my narrow vision. Yeah, it's the builder buy <laughs> decision. You know how how much do you need v6 capabilities you don't need a dedicated v6 person who only knows ipv6 maybe uh you need someone with a broader skill set because you need that individual to do a variety of tasks so uh, but yeah you're right it's like it's like putting ipv4 on the list of requirements and you don't ask v4 questions um so yeah so you have to close that that gap because just like you want to make sure you're buying products that have ipv6 capabilities ahead of time so that you're ready to implement ipv6 on your schedule not the vendor's product roadmap schedule you want to make sure your people have ipv6 skills ahead of when you need them to actually you know conf t interface vlan 100 you know ipv6 address you know and put on commands on actual devices or or do the design so they need to have enough knowledge to do a design create an architecture and then lay out the technical plan so yeah i'd say you're probably unlikely you're going to hire a v6 specific expert so you want you know those v6 skills in in your team it's easier to add ipv6 to the team that is already familiar with your it infrastructure so i think it's it's less costly and a better investment because you need those ipv6 skills not just for the short term but for the long term because you'll right. be operating an ipv6 network for the long term so you want the people who you've invested in who know the most about your existing environment to be there for the long haul you know and you need the skills in the in the team that you have today i'd say yeah and i would i would agree with that sentiment mainly because v6 has so many uh from a design basis has so many considerations around your existing ipv4 design um that you want to that you want to um make sure that you're not making mistakes in terms of mm -hmm. architecturally how you want to transfer over these sets of capabilities within v4 to reflect those in v6 and uh, hiring someone that new while great they still have to learn all the v4 and the existing architecture mm -hmm. right in order to be able to do something you know meaningful for you in, in ipv6 so you might as well just train your existing staff mm -hmm. to really have a better understanding about how v6 is going to impact their design and architectures because they already know your existing architecture so well Assuming, you know, assuming they actually know your architecture. <laughs> yeah. It's always the case, but, you know, it, it, I think the majority of time it is. And so I think you're probably better off investing in, in, in the training regimen side versus maybe just hiring someone, you know, cold, net new to come in. Unless maybe you've got like a, you're a much bigger entity and you need to hire someone who's got that V6 overview side to be able to lead a very large, you know, architecturally lead a very large, you know, effort to move right mm. that might make sense to have someone who's got experience doing that uh and then just starts working with the individual teams to help them do their specific area right yeah maybe you need that that full stack engineer right. to lead the v6 effort mm -hmm. and you want them yeah. to be that single point of contact for your 
you know, integrated, you know, transition team, you know, to, to lead that effort. You're looking for a, an IPv6 leader right. uh, to, to pull all those different teams together to build the design and architecture and the and guide the deployment. Uh, yeah, and has a bigger uh, has the bigger overall company perspective about how IPv6 is going to be utilized. Are we going to? Is this what sets of business problems are we solving? What set of technical debt are we retiring? What set of of uh, you know security things are we addressing? What new architectures can we take advantage? Some of those discussions are bigger than any given individual team, even like a network team, right? Mm -hmm. And so having that much broader discussion with a much bigger maybe initiative and strategic initiative behind you allows you to position how each team is thinking about v6 right from their from their sort of pillar or area or tower or whatever subject matter expertise that they have how do they fit in the bigger picture as a puzzle piece to sort of solve the you know how do we get v6 really working for us in a, in a specific way and then there's two different skill sets that fit in that too which is sort of like hey we're going to really do the dual stack model versus doing the v6 only model and what's the trade-offs about each one of those well, that, that's yeah. right. And it, it also brings up sort, sort of back to the original scenario of the, uh, the person sitting before the, the hiring manager, the, the technical manager, you know, and IPv6 was on the, the job rec, you know, requirements. And then it's an opportunity to, to ask those sorts of questions because um, there, there are a lot of other technologies that, that are, you know, adjacent to IPv6, that IPv6, we're confident that IPv6 is going to play a role in, in enabling those technologies and enabling those architectural shifts. And so if you're sitting, you know, in front of the hiring person, you have an opportunity to, to, to connect those dots to, to see, you know, is IPv6 part of a larger effort here that, you know, a role that I will be playing in, in moving the architecture of the network forward with IPv6 is sort of, you know, part of the 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 glue that makes that possible right yeah, that's a great point tom because you if you're a candidate being considered and ipv6 is on the list of requirements and you're a long time ipv6 buzz listener <laughs> you would say hey you know you put ipv6 on the requirements hey i know a bit about that hey you know are is this something you're doing as an organization because i'd like to work on that project or i'd like to you know, participate or even lead that effort. And I know a thing or two about IPv6 and maybe it could be a differentiator for you as a mm -hmm. candidate where other candidates aren't asking, hey, let me tell you other things I can do for you for the future. And this is why I'm a, a better candidate than maybe others you may be considering is I have this extra skill. Yep. Or at least I know what questions to ask. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like like even if, even if you don't have in depth because you haven't spent a lot of time working on a production network with v6 because you just haven't had the opportunity even just having insightful questions to ask around where they fit within the v6 side mm -hmm. can differentiate you in terms of like all the other candidates who aren't paying attention to that particular area and especially if it's something where they have to do v6 for compliance reasons they mm -hmm. may be very interested in that but they may not know enough to actually know what to do because mm -hmm. the hiring manager hasn't tackled v6 as a project yet they need to bring people on to tackle it so just showing insight and curiosity around that could be, you know, could be something that really makes a difference. Mm -hmm. And I, I guess it comes down to like, what questions do you ask? And then what questions do they ask? Right. And like, where, how does that, how does that give and take really work? I think that's important for, for everyone to sort of take into consideration. I guess, you know, there are a set of maybe interview standard interview questions just on the protocol that you could ask, 
you know, like all the standards sort of like, you know, explain neighbor discovery, um, you know, show me what a router advertisement actually does or things of that nature that you could definitely put in there as like sort of base level technical competence questions. Right. Yeah. But you but could I think, ask as an interviewer, uh, you know, what, what books have you read? What, yep. what training have you attended? You know, how, how are you learning about IPv6? You know, yeah, are you running what, labs for yourself? Or are you doing something? You know, yeah, have you gotten some hands-on experience? Have you been a part of a group doing an IPv6 deployment? Have you personally configured IPv6 on some IT infrastructure? Yep, are you using it at home? Right, mm -hmm. does your service provider provide it? Do you actually use it at home? Do you even know if you're using it at home? Yeah, those are all those are all like totally legit, like good, easy lift interview, initial interview questions mm -hmm. to sort of talk through. For sure. Yeah. And then well, I think if you're a candidate, you'd ask how how urgent is the need for IPv6? Do you have it deployed? Do you have your address allocation? Um, how big of an allocation did you get? <laughs> uh, what's your plan for IPv6? You know, and some of this you should know in advance, right? Because you can go look them up and you can go look up mm -hmm. the Aaron, Aaron allocation, see if they actually have V6 address space that's been, you know, assigned to them. I, I see that you've only got a slash 44. Are you aware that this is not? <laughs> yes. <laughs> we were kind of hoping you'd get the whole thing to run inside of that slash 44. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> so th there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of things that you could do just as a candidate to sort of get a better understanding, just like you should just sort of like, Hey, you know, it's, it's always useful where, especially as a network engineer going in and sort of being like, Oh, do they use, a CDN, do they have their own AS? Do they, you know, what sort of global footprint do they have? What basic information can I find out about them um, just for what's publicly available on the internet, right? And sort of having that breadth of, of, of information at your, not necessarily at your fingertips, maybe you jot it down in a notebook, but at least you know, and you can have a conversation around those specific, I think is super useful. Um, and then understanding what their criteria is, is, is going to be, is going to be, um, um, it's going to give you a lot better indication about, you know, what they're, what they're really looking for. It could be that it's just, you know, the HR team listed IPv6 and the interviewer is like, yeah, I don't care about that at all. Um, it could be the exact opposite and everything they're looking for is V6 because they have to get integration with, you know, a federal organization for V6 or they have to support V6 because they're in a different country and they need to do that. Right. So mm -hmm. there's, there's lots of use cases that could cover the whole gambit. You don't really know until you ask. So important yeah. to ask. Because as I remember back, you know, years ago when I was trying to develop my career, you know, I wanted to get a job. Oh, I hear about MPLS. Okay, this is a new technology. Well, I don't have any experience on it. So how do I, how do I keep up with the newest technology? Okay, well, I'll go buy a bunch of books and read a bunch of stuff and read some RFCs. But now, I can, you know, this is hard to do in a lab. I can't just do this in my basement. So how do I get experience to complement the book learning? Well, I need to find a job, you know, or I look at, look for opportunities to work on that type of a project. And then that reinforces the book learning. And then I can say, yeah, I, I know this protocol because I've read about it and I've done it, you know? And so if you're reading about IPv6, book learning, studying, maybe doing a little lab, now you want a job to do something with it. You're <laughs> as a candidate asking those, you know, prospective employers, Hey, I want to work on a V6 project. You know, you put IPv6 on your job description. 
how serious are you? Because I need that actual, you know, hands-on experience to complement what I've learned, you know, uh, on my own now, because I want to do this, you know, I want to understand and, and, and I want this skill in my repertoire, you know. And so you're maybe as a candidate, you're seeking out jobs. Yeah. And there is a thousand jobs on the job board listing IPv6. How do you figure out which employers are serious about V6? Absolutely. Yep. Yeah, that's a good point. All right. I think we covered it. There you go. Go out and get your V6 job. <laughs> <laughs> well, unlike V6, we run out of space for the podcast. You can reach the IPv6 Buzz podcast on Twitter. It's at IPv6 Buzz. And you can also hit up each one of us on Twitter too. Um, Tom is at IPv6 Tom. Scott is at Scott Hoog. And I'm at E. Horley. Thanks for listening to the IPv6 Buzz. You can find uh, find us on the Packet Pushers or any of your favorite podcast apps. Just search for IPv6 Buzz. And if you like the show, please give us a rating on iTunes. And if you like this podcast, we recommend you check out Heavy Networking, Day to Cloud, and the Network Break Podcast, plus all the other great technical content over at PacketPushers.net. So long and until next time, we'll see you on the internet. The IPv6 internet, that is. Thanks for listening to IPv6 Buzz, a podcast devoted to truth, justice, and 128 bits of address space. IPv6.